What is population health? Why do some people become sick while others don't? How do we study and what can we do to eliminate health inequities? Sick Individuals, Sick Populations, the new podcast series from the Interdisciplinary Association of Population Health Science covers these topics and more. Join us. Aresha Martinez Cardoso from the University of Chicago. Mike Esposito from Washington University in St. Louis. Daryl Hudson, also from Washington University in St. Louis. Twice a month as we discuss cutting edge population health research with scholars working across disciplinary boundaries. Welcome to another episode of the IAPH podcast. And today we are here to talk to our co-host. So you heard an interview of me before. And so now we're going to talk to another one of our illustrious co-hosts, a co-host that is probably the, the most fun, the most interesting, most vibrant part of our team um, doing outstanding work at the University of Chicago and beyond. We're talking today to Aresha Martinez Cardoso. We are very fortunate to have you here and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I would say I'm the all those great things, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Most definitely. I think that's that's um, for yeah. sure. We would all agree with that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm the best one. It's fine. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so as we talked about in the last, um, the, the last co-host one with me, a lot of times we don't spend a great amount of time talking about ourselves, our personal lives, or what we're working on. So Want to do that with you today, and um, just want to start with what your origin story is. So, where are you from, and how did you get to where you're at right now? Yeah, um, yeah. The last one I was saying, like, we don't ask people where they're from, and partly, I mean, it's like a weird sort of race migration immigration thing in the U.S. But for me, it's really hard to answer that question because I was born in Mexico but I came to the States as a infant. Um, my dad is Colombian and my mom is Mexican American and they met in Mexico when they were supposed to be going to school and ended up having a couple kids, me and my brother. And then we came here shortly thereafter. Um, so I, I'm like technically Mexican born, but I was born as a citizen because my mom's a citizen. So like I sit in this like weird space where I'm like sort of Mexican, but I'm more Mexican American. Um, and yet South American, so it's weird. Um, but I grew up in California. I grew up in farm towns. Um, we lived on a pomegranate ranch and grew pomegranates and packed them over the summers. Um, my, we, I didn't have a great, like close to my dad's side of the family because they were all in Colombia, but all of my mom's side of my family was around. My grandparents are Mexican immigrants. They're farm workers. Um, all of my cousins and aunts and uncles were there. Um, but we're like a pretty Mexican-American family. Like we're not like, cause we're a couple generations in now. And I think that really informs like my life and my experiences. Um, and yeah, but I think, I think of all of my cousins, I think I was the first to go to college. Like nobody went to college. Few, my brother was the first one to actually graduate and walk high school and we're the youngest of our, all of our like cousin cohort. Um, and then after I went to college, my brother went to college and my sister did. So 
yeah, that's a little bit about me and where I'm from. And then I went to UCLA for undergrad. Um, you know, I just like loved the sun and felt really at home mm. on campus. And I wanted to do pre-med because uh, one summer I went, got set back to Mexico and my uncle was an anesthesiologist and he was working in a private hospital and he somehow got me in to see um, uh, a, a baby being born, a C-section. And I was like, 16 or 17 I was really young so I saw like a c-section live like the baby come out and they're like if you fade just stand in the corner and it was like amazing and I actually do a bit of work on birth outcomes and like women because like I always thought I wanted to be an OB-GYN but um I ended up pivoting to public health for a lot of different reasons um but I've always sort of been interested in health even um from a really young age mm -hmm. yeah. totally um, and so, like, in building up to that, right, and kind of for our launching from that kind of like point forward, like, you know, you've, for, for being as early career as you are, you've done so much, I'm jealous in every possible way, um, like, what of like, a, you know, of all these experiences you had, like, what's some of the proudest moments of your career so far? Yeah, I don't, I think, I don't know if I can like point to one thing, I feel like I'm sort of, I guess I'll say that like, I really, for people listening for early career, I sort of really feel like I am like the poster child for like fake it till you make it. Like I was, <laughs> we were just at a conference and I was talking to a friend of mine who like mentors first generation students who she often has to have like hard conversations with them about like, you can't do your thesis because you haven't gone far enough or like, you know, you're not gonna graduate. And I feel like at every stage of my career, I have really just been flying by the seat of my pants, like working many jobs, like just trying to hustle, missing. I mean, we talked about like, I missed finals in undergrad and like slid through my master's thesis, like, like landed this job and had to like race to the finish line to finish my dissertation. So all of those moments of like, poof, I made it. I've been like really proud of, but I think I have, I don't know, maybe one of my proudest moments was like probably landing this job, honestly. Like I remember being on vacation with my family and getting the call from my chair. And I really had thought, I, like I had no idea that I was gonna get this job. Like I came, I did the interview. I was like, I messed that up and they are not gonna want me, but it was at least a good experience. And then to get the call and land the job, um, I think was like pretty amazing. Um, I think over the last few years, like settling into my own and like what skills I bring to bear has been great. Um, you know, I started this, like in, I got into public health as a sophomore and undergrad because I worked with a public health professor where I was able to do a little independent research project. And I did a project on Latino military veterans who are experiencing PTSD, because this is like the height of the Iraq war and Afghanistan war. And it was, um, my brother is a Marine vet and he was coming out and he was, you know, facing those sorts of issues. And I was really interested in like masculinity and migration and like who was seen as expendable, like the many men of color who were being sent off to war and like weren't getting the services that they needed. and. Um, you know, I was, and it was after doing that, that I was like, I want to do public health. And I was 19. So I've been 
like on this road for maybe 10 years. And so I feel like, while I'm still quite junior, I feel like I have been in it for a while. And so like sort of leaning into that has been, and growing in my own has been probably like a pride inducing moment for me. Totally. Yeah, and you kind of answered this, but, um, you know, with your your comments about your job, but notwithstanding <laughs> this amazing job at the University of Chicago, um, are there any other moments that you would point to as, like, moments of extreme pride um, so far? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last week I saw my student present her work at a conference, and so it was very cool to see, like, Oh, like, I think the one thing that keeps me in academia and not like working for Google or even working for like a think tank is the fact that like we stand on the shoulders of other people and like, hopefully like we're not going to see maybe um, all of the solutions, but like you train up the next generation. And I think I was trained up by people who really cared and teaching and mentoring really is like what sort of keeps me in it. Um, I mean, I love the work, right? But I think when it's hard, I think I find the most fulfilling moments is working with students. And so that was really cool to see her, my student like talk about her work. Um, you know, she's going off to grad school and presenting her stuff and really being truly independent and being like, okay, like you did something good there. Like that was, that was good. Um, for sure, I mean, my grandma came to see me uh, do my dissert, like uh, be hooded, like all of those were really great. I think those are like really meaningful moments um, in, like in my life to see those things being like, you know, being called doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. my family, that's great, yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Now on the flip side though, like what are some big challenges, if any, I mean, I'm sure we all have challenges. It's our frustrations uh, in kind of, you know, this otherwise kind of like really proud or pride inducing and yeah. amazing kind of career so far. Yeah, I'll say like a practical one and then like a more sort of like, uh oh, yeah. So practical one is I feel like I am the master of finding the most complicated data sets. <laughs> like every project I'm like, I'm going to work on this. And it's like layer upon layer upon layer of like either data access issue or the variable or like, you know, I just feel like maybe that's just all of our stories because of the way that we sort of have to be MacGyvers and piece together all these different data sets that weren't designed to ask and answer questions about race or immigration or whatever we care about. Um, and I think initially that was like really hard for me to be like, I'm just not smart enough. And it was like, no, it's actually just really hard. You know, like you sort of have to keep tinkering away at it. Um, and then I think, I think like imposter syndrome really hit me when I got this job, like, um, and that took a little while to get out of, of like, uh like the bar is just so high and am I gonna meet this bar like are they gonna fire me tomorrow like I think that was really challenging um and just I think to like Daryl mentioned this earlier like I don't always feel like the smartest person in the room or like the hardest working person in the room but I think trying to figure out like my secret sauce has been like the challenge like what um skills do I bring to bear to this team and how can I move my work forward and I think as a young professor, like you have to be, you know, you have to be writing, you have to be coming up with ideas, you have to be doing the data analysis, you have to be like managing teams. And 
hopefully like as a more senior person, you're able to sort of out like shop some of that work out and delegate. Mm -hmm. But I think figuring out what are my strengths and how do I build out a team and um, help them rely on others has been has been sort of like a big lesson that I continue to learn right now. And that's really critical. That, that get, that's a good podcast topic, how to build a team. And a team. I mean, and I tell you, I just, like, they don't teach us how to teach, but they also don't teach us how to, like, be bosses, right? And, like, how to supervise and how to delegate and how, you know, I'm only one person and I can't do it all. But, I mean, before I was, we were talking, like, I was, like, stapling papers right now, like, things that, like, I need to delegate to other people, but it's, like, you, you just don't know how to do that because you've been a grad student and like so yeah like how to level up is so hard yeah yeah it definitely is it's, it's tough i haven't figured out the secret sauce there either how to maximize how to hire the right people yeah mm -hmm. things is really challenging and these things make or break your career i always marvel at senior people who have staff and they yeah. can volunteer to do all sorts of random stuff and i'm like i don't have time to do that like <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's a big one. So maybe we should talk about that later on. But keeping things centered on you, um, we just want to know a little bit about what you're working on right now. Yeah, um, too many things. Uh, part of what happened during the imposter syndrome years are like they're always continuing. But like when I first started was, uh, you know, I didn't have a traditional postdoc. I have like a postdoc to faculty position. And mm -hmm. so when I started here, I remember going to these like, tenure meetings about like, you need to like have these, this like eminent profile and portfolio of research by the time you go up for tenure. And you know, I just like barely finished my dissertation. And so I started many, many projects my first year and a half. And it was just like too many for any one person to do like much less a junior scholar. And so in the last year I've had to be very focused about like, okay, I'm gonna like focus on one and then go to the next and then go to the next. Um, and so like right now I have a project where we look at um, immigrants who are overeducated in the labor market. So they came here, they might have like college degrees or graduate degrees, but are working in a job that is not commensurate with their experiences and the implications of that for their health and well-being over the life course. Um, I have a cool project that links data from Mexico and the US to look at how migration shapes health, um, comparing different sort of migrant groups that we haven't been able to compare previously um, because you know we have data on people in Mexico and the US. Um, cool project that is always in the works on like the collusion between immigration enforcement and incarceration. Mm -hmm. Um, so lots of stuff. Oh, cool project on, see, this is like, I could keep going, right? Like it's so <laughs> funny on, um, there's this really cool, like social determinants of health intervention that was done for Latinx families in California and Florida. It was like a PD, it was focused on kids, but it really was supposed to bolster family supports. And so we're doing a cool mixed method study right now. Um, and we went back to some of the old quantitative data and we're out in the field pretty soon collecting qualitative data with families. Right. Um, and R01 went in to like extend that study last week. So fingers crossed. So yeah, lots fingers crossed. Yeah, lots happening. It feels like it's finally <laughs> gelling. So for all of you who are like starting off, like it gel, it does come. It does come. It just takes <laughs> a long time for it to get going. 
it gets better, it gets better. Um, so besides that wonderful piece of advice, um, <laughs> that Hallmark card advice, um, what <laughs> other kind of advice might you give to like a first year doctoral student, right? So it gets better, but like what else, or, you know, thinking about yourself in the past, right? Like what might've you told yourself to uh, yeah. maybe make things a little bit easier on you? Oh gosh, oh, you were gonna laugh, but like I had this, I'm such a different person from like when I was 19, 20. I had this like 10 year plan. Like you guys, I had this, like, I'm gonna get married at this age, have kids at this age, start my career at this age, have my second kid at this age, buy my house at this, like oh, I had no. this plan, right? <laughs> and um, none of that life stuff happened. Like I don't have kids, I'm not married. <laughs> I did buy a condo, but um, I, I also like had that sort of plan and thinking about my career, like, okay, I'm gonna do this summer program and then I'm gonna, that will help me get into my master's and I'm gonna do my doctoral degree right after. I just wish I would have taken a breath, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in my early twenties and I had a lot of fun. I messed around a lot. Like I, you know, my mom has, knows where the skeletons are buried, but, um, so like Daryl, you talked about it. Like I was like really on this plan, but I had like a lot of fun along the way, but I really wish I would have, like there was a summer that I did, I did the McNair Scholars Program to like prepare for research. And I decided to do that and not go to Brazil for the summer on like study abroad. And I just, I'm like, man, you should have gone to Brazil, you know? Um, like it was great, it was wonderful. I think it got me into grad school, but I think I should have gone to Brazil or, you know, I was really debating whether or not to go for my master's to my PhD right away. And I just like, well, let me see what happens. And I applied and I got in and I went, but I think if I was me now, I would have told me now, like take a couple years off, like go do some things. And I don't know if I would still be, I would be here, honestly, if I had done that, like, I think life might've taken me somewhere different, but I am very glad that I'm here and I'm very um, I don't think I could work any other job. Like, I don't think I could do a nine to five. I don't think I could have like a regular boss, but, um, anyways, I like think about that a lot and then try to listen to that voice now. Um, like, okay, do I really want this? Like, what do I really want? Like, am I, should I take a break? Should I try something else? And I think, um, I'm less committed to this sort of like 10 year plan me mm -hmm. that I used to be, um, uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're glad that you didn't take that trip to Brazil so you could sit here <laughs> and talk with us. I'm sure you didn't meet yeah. your other life goals, but at least for a very selfish yeah, way, so like here. it's great for us. Yeah. 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 No. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's really just funny how it all works out. Totally. Yeah. So, so, well, go ahead, dear. I was going to ask, um, you know, what are some things about you that are, like fun or exciting or interesting that folks might not readily know about you oh I actually have a really funny one I have a really that's gonna make you guys laugh um I find myself like I'm an interesting person Daryl said he's funny I think I'm interesting I'm also an onion I am not again like I just don't think I'm this traditional academic the way that like you've seen like smoking pipes in their office and like you know, reading through the night. Like, I'm just not that person. Um, and I am unapologetically like who I am. So I'm a little ridiculous sometimes. And um, as an example, I uh, 
the beginning of the pandemic, I was watching Love is Blind, like the rest of the country. That was, it was this like show about people who like date in pods. And I think the first episode or the first season was in Atlanta. And um, I applied because the second season is in Chicago. <laughs> and I got a call back from a producer Ooh. and they wanted to interview me and like test me to go on the show. And I was like, I can't do this. And so no. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I 100% applied to be on reality TV um, and got a call back. But oh I, my God. <laughs> could you imagine? I, you don't understand, like all these sh- quick aside, sorry, audience, all these shows where like this, like married at first sight or 90 day fiance or whatever that I really want someone that I even vaguely know to be on it. So I could be like a background character, like the friend, the sassy friend or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you ruined, I, mean, I didn't see Love of Blood. I don't know if they had that component, but you still ruined that for me. Yeah. Damn it. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember just cackling when I got the call. And I really did think though, like somebody told me like, you should have done it. It would have launched your career. Like people would know about you. And then- yeah. <laughs> like how else to get like a platform for your work but then I really thought about um I thought about my chair I was like she would kill me you know like she would be like what are you doing um but also funny story it got out in my I told a couple of people in my department who I'm very close friends with and it somehow got out and like all the senior faculty know and like it was a point of conversation when job candidates came in and so (laughs) yeah but I just you know I don't care that much like I'm just Mm -hmm. you know I'm just like yep I 100% did that so just one of the many crazy things I do these days in addition to my work you know it's just just want to look back and have a story right and I think I'm pretty happy with the story that I have of my life totally yeah yeah Well, thanks a ton for sharing those kind of insights. Uh, I feel like I learned, I've talked to you literally twice a month for the last (laughs) year and a half, and I feel like I learned so much today. So we appreciate you being candid and opening up about yourselves, um, or open up about yourselves for uh, kind of us in the audience. So uh, thanks a ton. Of course. See you guys.